Hi, I'm Alan Sentier, the Heartful Badass Coach. Being badass is about being the real you, being strong, feisty, confident, knowing your own truth and walking it, feeling the fear and doing it anyway, with a heart full of joy and boundaries that really work. I learned how to be the real me through telling and writing stories, and now I'm a best-selling author as well as a badass psychotherapist and coach. I tell stories a lot in podcasts and blogs and in the coaching programs I do. Being authentic, living your own story, that's being the real badass you. And being real badass is being full of heart, caring. Because we've lived through all that shit, haven't we? So we know it in our bones and we really do truly feel compassion. So come on. Let's do some badassery. Let's change ourselves and watch the whole world change around us. Let's make our lives, our businesses and our hearts sing. Well, hello everybody. Today, I am lucky because I have Leanne Brooke-Taylor with me. Now, I'm going to ask Leanne to tell you more about herself, but just a brief introduction. Leanne is a magical woman. She's a shaman and she teaches it. And I like to think of her as a witch, but we'll find out whether she likes that too in a minute. And we're both businesswomen. She is a businesswoman. She runs her business with the aid of magic and she teaches magic as part of her business. Now, we could all do this. Um, we both feel lots of people ought to get the hang of it. So we're just sort of saying, this is how we do it, to give you lots and lots of different perspectives. So, Leanne, it's great to have you here again. And tell us about you. What do you do? Mm, well, firstly, thank you so much for inviting me on and also inviting me to have a conversation with you about such it's not just a really juicy, interesting topic. For me, it's what's needed right now more than ever. Like this is something the world absolutely needs. Yeah. Um, so I'm delighted to be here. So in short, um, I'm going to try and do this in short. I don't know what I'm about to say, but I'm going to try and keep this in brief. In short, um, along with my co-founder, Jonathan Wilkinson, we run an organization called Waking the Wild. And very simply put, it's about helping people to reconnect with their soul, unite with their soul, and then live from there, live from that place. And over the years, we've noticed, we didn't set out with this intention, but we noticed that more and more the people that were drawn to work with us were very often magical souls themselves, what you might call the old souls, the people who are here to live a life not only of magic, but one way or another use magic very consciously in their own lives and in their work. And so, as you're saying, there's, this goes, you know, many layers deep. We are working magically, teaching magic, working with magic in everything we do, and also working with people who are here to do the same. So this couldn't be a more apt topic. <laughs> 
<laughs> That's really great. So start, let, can I start on the inside, I think, first? How do you find magic enhances your business? How does it help it to thrive? What do you do? Can you give us any sort of hints on that? Mm. I'll start by saying that mm, I had a separate thought come in for then. I'm like, should I pick that one instead? Maybe, maybe I will. Yeah, so go for it. I feel that I would like to start by defining what I mean by magic. And it's not to say this is the right answer, the only answer, or anyone else should relate to magic in the way that I do. But I think that's helpful that I define uh, what it means to me. So going back uh, to 2012, um, I've spoken to you about this before, Ellen. My dad very suddenly died and I was really blasted open to spirit mm -hmm. in a way that it took me quite some time to understand what had happened, what was happening, mm -hmm. but it radically changed my life, both inside and outside. Mm -hmm. And that happened very spontaneously. It wasn't something that I consciously chose. Of course, I didn't choose my, my father to die, let alone it to have that impact. But over the years, I started to realize like, oh, this is taking me back to who I really am. And so for the first few years after that, I was very much on a consciously spiritual path. I, I'd had this kind of big opening to spirit and then spent the first few years after that really understanding what is this how can I use it to help others and it was again very spiritual rather than anything I could name as magic mm -hmm. the magic part definitely came afterwards but at this point I see them as really two sides of the same coin which is the bit that I really kind of like I'm working my way to so so for the first few years of that, it was very consciously working, um, I guess, in a kind of non-dual spiritual way, really that kind of coming back to a sense of unity, oneness with everything. Mm. And then little by little, my soul was calling me into a deep connection with the land, with the natural world. And which has, as you'll know, has real, um, you know, as often is the case, we look back to our childhood and we can see, you know, the, like we, we connect the dots backward, as Steve Jobs said. And that's what my childhood was, this deep communion with the natural world. And as I entered into that communion, it started to speak to me. The land started to speak to me. It started to show me that I was on the right track in terms of that understanding of our kind of spiritual nature. Mm. And yet there were ways of living that, that were more and more, I was recognizing decidedly magical. Mm. And the path I was called into kicking and screaming to a large extent was shamanism, British shamanism. Mm. And really, again, the connection is about this land, the medicine, the spirits, the beings of this land. And so when, I, so when I'm talking about magic, 
it very much ultimately has love, has whether whether you want to use, you know, love, God, spirit at its heart, but it's working in ways, living in ways that are harnessing that in a way that we are bringing into being consciously working with, again, the spirits, the beings, the land that we're on to bring things into being that are soul aligned for us. So that's, I haven't even answered your question, but I'll pause there because I've, I've kind of gone down a huge tangent. So I'm going to pause and let, let you say something. I don't, but... <laughs> I don't think that's too much of a tangent, really, because it's great to hear how you got into this, what drew you. And while obviously the death of your father was a terrific loss, especially since it was so sudden, and yet it opened doors. And I think that opening of doors is so important for all of us mm. and that we don't, when something tragic and traumatic happens to us, that we don't just shut the door and say, never again, and sort of mm. this kind of thing. We actually allow it to open up. And I think that's really important. And the other thing, which has just really struck me now, like you, I work with the land. I am part of the land. Um, it's it's really part of me. And like you, it leads me places and it shows me things and being connected with nature. I can't imagine trying to work and do business without that. Mm. Not Certainly not now. But you said this land here in the old magic of Britain, this is again, as you know, what is what inspires me. This is the old ways for me. And it's the, the way the land works with people. Now, we're going to be talking, obviously, to people who aren't just in Britain. So mm. it's not only Britain that has this kind of magic. Everywhere does, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. And I feel, I don't know how you feel, that it could be very important to actually work with the spirit of your land where you live, even if it's not where you're born. It's where you're living now. How do you feel that you need to live with the land where you live and you need to work with the land where you live? Mm. This brings us nicely to me actually answering the question you originally asked. <laughs> that was <laughs> clever of us. <laughs> um, so absolutely, yes. I love that you picked up on me saying this land because that for me is vital. I think there's... A reason that there's this been this um real kind of craze really around things like shamanism and you know teacher plants I think I think there's a deeper pattern at play here I do too um and I still think it's really important that instead of thinking therefore we need to adopt the traditions cultures of people who are working on another land is we can add as you know my own shamanic lineage which is wholeheartedly british is very intertwined with a mexican indigenous lineage yeah. of teachers which again we have been so fortunate that they've been generous enough to teach us some of the kind of 
important I guess you could say almost like first principles yeah. of working in certain ways but if we were to just wholesale, wholesale adopt them mm. without that relationship to our land our ancestors mm. it would be really lacking the heart of what's you know how this actually all works yeah. and so again coming back to what you asked there for each of us, like I'm biased, I do think the British land has a certain kind of magic. And I say that partly tongue in cheek, but I also do feel that right now, whether or not we're, we have the opportunity to get into that in this conversation, I don't know. But I think right now there is something very important about us reclaiming the magic of this British land. I agree with you. Beth. Its position yeah. in the world, yeah. its kind of um, juxtaposition of East and West. I think there's something very important about the magic of this land being reclaimed right now. Yeah. But that's not at all to say that it's kind of more magical or it's, you know, what we're talking about here doesn't apply to anyone wherever they live. It absolutely applies to everyone. And Waking the Wild students literally live like almost everywhere. We've had people from Kenya, Australia, Pakistan, America, you know, all over Europe. And ultimately what we're talking about, it's exactly the same thing. It's about the connection to the land you're on. There is definitely um, power also in the land that you were born on, particularly Mm -hmm. if that's where your sort of ancestral roots are and where your ancestors' bones are actually laying. But really, you know, there is, I don't think there's a substitute for, whatever land you are living in, connecting with that, that being your community, of the land and all the beings upon it, that, that's the part that I think is absolutely non-negotiable. I totally agree with you. And some of my clients at the moment, and I've got um, one man who lives in Spain, and he's also travelled and spent a lot of time in New Zealand And while he was there, like, you know, years, not just a few months. And while he was there, he went deep in with the native people and with the native traditions and learned them and understood them. And while he was there, they made such a difference to him. And he's now in Spain. And just the other day, we were actually talking about the Basque region, which I know, I don't know Spain very well, but I know the Basque region very well. And the magic there, of course, is mm-hmm. incredible. And I've studied it a bit. And like you say, there are many, many, many parallels. And as one that's coming to mind is uh, the Lord of the Forest and the Lord of the, Lord of the Wild Things. And for them, it's the Bajuan and who is a sort of bear-like hairy creature, but he is the guardian and the protector. And we have this in Britain. Um, One of the names is the Woodwows. And if you go into the old stories and not the Victorianized ones where they sort of make him into a horrid demon, um, you get back into the fact that he is a lord of the animals. He protects the animals, he protects the trees, he protects the land and the forest. Mm. And it's this sort of juxtaposition. I mean, I had an Italian student um, a while back and she learned some of the old ways of Italy. And again, there was this parallel that there was a land guardian. And it goes further. And I, I know this does a bit for you, but I just want to lead into this. As we've just talked about 
masculine guard guardians. And what are they guarding? They're guarding the land. And the land for me, and I think for you, is the goddess. Mm -hmm. So these are the, the kings, the guardians who look after the land, who is the goddess. And if we can get that perspective on, instead of, you know, the goddess is subservient to the king, um, I think that would change so much in life and business. But tell us about, because I know you're very close to the goddess. So tell us about that. Mm. What's occurring to me is actually um, to, it feels as though that first question you asked me, it feels as though that's the golden thread that, you know, how do, how do, how do we use this in our work? But also how do we help others use yes. it in their work? Yes. And I feel like, you know, if I keep that golden thread and honor that throughout the conversation, um, we're going to have the conversation that we came to have. So when when we're working with women, one of the early things that we'll be inviting them into, and this is obviously dependent on where they are in their kind of greater cycle of life, but if they're still menstruating, is to very consciously begin a relationship with their menstrual cycle. And that can be the first and most powerful reclamation mm -hmm. uh, a woman can make for that, that understanding who she really is. It can be one of the biggest portals to soul, but also to the feminine, to the land, to understanding who we are beyond the kind of conditioned narrative of our culture, that a woman's this, a woman's that. And the cycle will teach us just like the land will the body will teach us and that first of all isn't something i'd say you know go out and start to actually like use in your work and business first of all just create a relationship yes. you know really understand what is actually happening at each mm. stage i like to teach it in an archetypal way where it's moving through different archetypes for different parts of the cycle and the what I call that premenstrual phase, that part where we often kind of, you know, dismiss it as like, oh, she's got PMT or PMS. Yeah. That for me is the wild woman, that real callback to yourself, your body, your soul, often to the land, mm -hmm. and to recognize the parts of your life that you're no longer aligned with. This is the part where she will tell you no. And we we dismiss and argue that at our peril. Yeah. That's when we end up more and more disconnected from ourselves, trying to continue to do the things because our culture told us, our family told us. Mm -hmm. But we listen to the wild woman. We will know what's right for us. Mm -hmm. And so as time goes on, that's something that is unbelievably practical in our work to know that the answers lie there. You know, if I'm in a part of my cycle, so for example, the just post-bleed part where we're coming into that very like quite tender 
part of our cycle where things are just starting to bud and grow again mm -hmm. and there can be this sense sometimes of like i need to like now i've got my energy back i'm going to say yes to all the things but actually just recognize you know what's what's being shown what am i being called to don't say yes to everything yet just wait until that next part of my cycle comes around to show me what's actually right now mm -hmm. and so it's incredibly practical but it needs, again, there needs to be this devotion to creating the relationship first. It will show us. It isn't something that someone else can kind of teach us. It has to come via the blood. And of course, this is relevant to that particular part of a cycle of life. And as you know, the next part will bear gifts too. But as an example, that's how I see it. So much of this, again, is talking about that difference between spirit and magic. Mm -hmm. magic for me is embodied it's about what's actually going on here in this material manifestation yes that we can then to learn about spirit from and with yes yes I, I very much agree with that and like you I love the idea of the menstrual cycle I no longer have mine uh, that is a thing of the past I am now a crone and no longer in the mother stage uh, and that's fine. And goodness, as you say, it has the gifts. I sometimes look at it, and I've been looking at it with clients recently. The menstruation is a monthly composting cycle mm. as well. That, um, you know, you, you're coming into this, the premenstrual state before you bleed, and there's a lot of itch going on usually and yes you can be crotchety and um well oh, don't speak to her she's got pmt or something then it actually happens and it's sometimes and for some women it can be really painful and it's something that you we need to take into account in ordinary business life as well because you're mm. actually not going to be on top of your game when this is happening you're going to be actually letting go of a lot of stuff and then you get into the stage of, as you say, this is like, I'm getting my energy back. I'm getting my energy back. It's coming. But again, you need to sit with it and don't jump at it immediately. And then you start getting into the manifestation and ah, that plan, that plan, that plan. And I can do it. And then you go round again to the what's not working, what's past its sell-by date here, what do I need to lose? And you go round and round and round. And I feel business does this as well mm. because we each, you know, we do this really well and it works for, you know, a few years or whatever. And then it's sort of like, and as the kids sort of say, oh, that's so yesterday, mum, you know. <laughs> and in that sense, that happens for your, your business as well. But I think getting into it, as a woman, because we're lucky in that sense, we've got a real physical to get into. And while yeah. men do have this, it's it's really sort of back there in the background, whereas we've got it right in our faces. So when you when you work with women and they they got the hang of this, do they also take this kind of idea into their work, their everyday work, whatever it is they do? Mm, absolutely. Some then go on to, depending on what their work is, some of them feel so 
like in love with their menstrual cycle. You know, such, often it's such a night and day, you know, deep healing happens where they go from having, um, you know, even a shameful, but sometimes painful, as you describe, relationship to their cycle to one of just like, oh my goodness, I'm in love with it. And so it fuses literally the work they do with other, other women where they're inviting women into that kind of relationship. If that's not the case, they absolutely do. Again, it, it happens so so naturally the way that they will then begin to align their business yes. with their cycle where as you say you know really honoring the bleed time as a time where they probably won't have all this energy and kind of outward uh, focus a time of really allowing themselves to to go inwards to see what's there to release let go mm. and that happens in a way again that's so so natural so beautiful the way that the deeper their relationship with a cycle the more that just it doesn't make sense to do it differently no to recognize oh okay so you know I'm due to be in this part of my cycle then so I'll, I'll wait I'll wait for that to come and then let that show me what's next for me mm-hmm. again it's it's can sound before we've been in that on that journey it can sound a little bit fantastical like can it really make a difference and at this point it's it it actually I look back at my life um because I've been in business one way or another for decades Mm. and I look back and I think I don't honestly know how I managed to successively be in business without this embodied gnosis of the cycle that feels now ridiculous that I and I can see how much it cost me Mm. in so many ways trying to override that wisdom um so yeah it for me is like not just personally but again witnessing other women in that reclamation it makes not just a kind of you know beautiful powerful magical healing difference practically speaking Mm. it means they're living lives that are right for them yes they're doing work that's right for them in in the way that's right for them i i completely agree with you that and i also feel it's such a like you said earlier, it's such a connection to the land because the earth works in cycles and seasons. And, yes. Um, and she works with the moon in cycles and seasons and the menstruation. Um, some women do seriously line up with the moon. <clears throat> Others don't line up so obviously, but it's still there. And when you live in tune with your surroundings, and that includes, you know, the moon, and the whole of Earth, and the sun, of course, as well, because without any of those, we we wouldn't be as we are, then I think it makes a whole difference to your business. And I was saying earlier that men don't have the in-their-face menstruation thing. So one way I found of bringing that in, and I even managed to do it when I was working for the Ministry of Defence for all silly, silly things, because like you, without it, I mean, I couldn't practice in the 25 years that I was in the, the MOD. I couldn't practice as I do now because there was sort of like, you know, what's she doing? You know, what the hell? For goodness sake, grow up woman, etc. Um, But there were ways of bringing it in sideways, which did work. And I actually used the moon because actually if you work in with the moon cycle, and I know you do this as well, you are 
being in touch with big planetary energies that are going through these same four processes, you know, new moon, full moon, <clears throat> third quarter, uh, and um, old moon again. So you've got the whole cycle going around. And men can relate to that. And I know, because I know you and Jonathan, or particularly probably Jonathan, do have men's groups, but I found that men can actually, once you actually sort of say, it's not, you know, anti-macho to get into the moon, they start thinking, actually, I do feel different when it's the new moon. And, oh, it is different when it's the dark of the moon and it's different at the full. And when the moon's dying in the three quarters, that's different too. And they find their business energy changes. Have you mm. found that? Yes, it's um, interesting, actually. I would say that in the early years, so Jonathan and I have been in business together almost as long as I've been in business. It was only a kind of month, a few months in to me doing the work I do now that we met and then kind of just naturally sort of just felt like, why are we doing these things kind of like very similar work apart? It feels like we're meant to do this together and then we have ever since. So. He was actually much more consciously sensitive to the moon cycles mm. than I was. Uh, right from early on, right from early on, he really is affected by the moon's cycles and was certainly influential in kind of calling me back to all of the things we're talking about in so many ways, but the moon in particular. And often at this point, in the work that we do, by the time that people come to us, they may have been listening to our podcast for a while or following us on social media or something. So they tend to sort of come in very open-minded anyway. Yeah. But if I was talking to someone who perhaps does think like, can it really make a difference? Like what, why, why on earth would the moon, you know, make any difference, let alone be something I can use in my business, you yeah. know, say so for example, my husband's um, uh, board director in a big multinational corporate you know like so I understand you know I I used to work in corporate world as well so it's not like I only work in you know lovely yeah, little rinky I know <laughs> I understand the world of corporate life and I understand all the you know resistance and questions and skepticism that comes up and I would say and again this this is the case whether we're talking about the moon cycles menstrual cycles or anything else really even if even if it's just a way of moving us back into alignment with the cycles of this planet. Mm -hmm. Even if the moon itself had no power, even if the menstrual cycle had no power, I and mean, almost feel like I'm, I should, like I want to wash my mouth out saying this. I know. Like, even <laughs> if I know, I saw you grimace. I feel the same. Even if that were the case, let's just start on the hypothesis that even if it's just placebo, even if it, all it does is, is takes us back to living in a way that's actually in alignment with the way this, like we can all see the seasons. We can yes. know that at least. Even if that's all that it does, it is teaching us to live in a way that is right for humans, that we've lived We've lived in this way. We've evolved in this way for like 90 odd percent of our time in this planet. Even if that's the only thing it does. Mm -hmm it will be so valuable. Mm. But what I notice is, even if we, that's what it requires to open to that, like just as our hypothesis, mm -hmm. we then get to experience it's no placebo. 
it's it's not just that there is deep deep wisdom in all all of these things but if that's all that's required just set out as an experiment just try just see what happens when you open to playing with this Yeah. And, and let your you know learn yourself don't listen to me don't listen to anyone mm. you see what you discover yeah I found this that was so funny because um I was in charge of teams um quite often software development teams when I was in the in the MOD and working with teams is you've been in corporate you know you know you've got your team you've got to lead them but you've got to encourage them you've got to help them you've got to help them grow all of this sort of stuff if it's all going to work and I could see the sort of moon cycle patterns happening in the team I could see when you know it was the time after you know the new moon was coming and everybody was sort of like like wow you know and ideas like pinging off everybody almost to an extent we had to say whoa can we just sit down and just pick two or three of these please and then the full moon and you'd pick two or three and the project would blossom and you'd make these connections and you knew stuff would happen and then they would be like because you'd done it as the moon cycle went down and then there was a whole like in the dark of the moon it was all like there was a sort of cauldron bubbling and new ideas birthing up in this so I got them I sort of said this is going to sound completely off the wall guys but you know I want us to play this game for a month and see what happens and so we did a a sort of moon chart and then you know everybody's names underneath it and every day they would sort of say how they felt and you know whether that been a creative day or whether it'd been a stagnant day or a frustrated day or whatever kind of thing and we have a look at them at the end of the month and they were showing the pattern was there. Mm. And so I said, well, okay, let's try actually using that. You know, we're really creative at this time. So let's sort of get our project, you know, on the ground and working in this time and the dark time. Well, let's have this sort of idea. Let's use it for brainstorming new ideas and that kind of thing. And we did, and it worked. And um, they also said, oh, we need to tell the boss we've got to do this. So I thought, oh, thanks, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I love you too. You know, I mean, you're turning up to this sort of senior civil servant and say, um, hey, my team is going to work like this to the moon. <laughs> I love that so much. <laughs> going, oh, really? <laughs> I, I, I just want to go on sweet roads. I don't care anymore. <laughs> But again, and I wanted to ask you about this because I thought, well, they want me to do this. I know it's a good idea. I really ought to learn how to sell this to the boss. And so I did what people call like meditations or we would call journeys um, with my otherworldly gang and sort of said, help, (laughs) how do I do this? (laughs) And ideas came. And start off like this. If he bites that, take it to here. And I, you know, in a week, I got a plan together. But again, I used other world and intuition as well as my own instincts and as well as my own head stuff and feelings. And how do you do this? I I really love that you've asked this because it's something that over time, 
I'm realizing that is one of the is one of the one of the things I feel that perhaps has cost us most as a modern culture is that lack of guidance into mm. connecting with our guides. Yes. To the point where the mass majority of people in our modern culture, they still have their team, mm. but they're not aware that they have a team. Therefore, they don't consciously connect with their team mm. and feel alone, feel that they don't have guidance, feel that they have to somehow, you know, or they become very reliant on other humans for that answers. Yeah. And it's something that over the years, but as obviously my own relationship with my own team has grown, but also recognizing how important it is for those of us that are one way or another, teaching others to live in a more magical way, that part is essential. Yes. That part is essential. And there's all sorts of ways that we can do that in our own work. It's a combination of giving people uh, very intentional nature-based practices. Uh, one of the very first invitations we ever make to our students is to go and connect with a tree. Yes. Go, go find that tree that is there for you, that you will make a regular pilgrimage to, um, you know, ideally on a several times a week basis and spend time and create a relationship with that tree. Yes. Start there. Um, but so many other ways, you know, intentionally going out on wild wanders to allow the spirits of the land to speak, doing drum journeys, all these different ways where we're very intentionally going out to connect with the beings that are there for us. Mm. And just recently we ran one about the shortest uh, it's an online uh, circle called Wild Sovereign. And we, it was our shortest thing we'd run for years it was only six weeks and it was about 30 people so it was kind of like quite a large circle so not particularly you know not having that real intimacy where we get the opportunity to kind of work with each person and very short and I was thinking I don't know how deep we can really go in that time you know given those things and I wasn't planning it but all of a sudden, in that very first circle, I was guided to do a drum journey for them to connect with their animal helper. And many of these people had never worked with us before. So I was like, I don't know how. They didn't know that that's the kind of work they would do coming into this <laughs> course. And so I was like, oh, you know, I don't know what they're going to think of this. It was incredible how open they were to it, how powerful it was for them, how many of them found this like real deep connection with an animal guide, which then kind of really helped them deepen into the rest of that journey. Like what took place in those six weeks taught me about what was possible when we get those foundational relationships, like, right, as in they're going to grow, yeah. but begin with that intention. Yes. Um, and, of course, like you're saying, when we understand who our team is, it's, again, immensely practical. I wouldn't dream of making a big decision, you know, big work decision or anything else without speaking to my guides. No, me neither. No. Like, 
it would be unfathomable. Like, why, why on earth would you do that? Um, I've got to do this all on my own. What? <laughs> um, and so, as you know, it gets to a point where there's been times where I've been given guidance that has absolutely flown in the face of what I was planning to do. Yeah. And potentially isn't particularly welcome. You know, choices that I didn't really want to make mm. took me in a direction that didn't feel like the kind of convenient, comfortable option. And yet every time when I've listened to my team, they absolutely were right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I completely agree. And uh, as you know, again, uh, I've been through various stages and, you know, you know, four years ago, I actually got thrown out of the house I was living in and moved here and was heartbroken. It was staggering. And yet it's actually moved all the work that I was doing into such a larger space and such bigger mm. connections. And even like how I do it, like with your circle that you started, these people didn't know who you were really or anything or who each other was. And you started, we're going to go and meet our animal friends. And woof, and it all just took off and it went. And I like, I love that. But of course, that's another sort of thing people have to learn and we have to help them with is that change is very often actually good, even if it feels damned uncomfortable at the time. Mm. And that it helps us to actually grow. Mm. And I, I want... It goes back to what we were saying about the different cycles. You know, the as we align with those cycles, they teach us everything about change, about letting go, yeah. about all the things that as humans we will resist yeah. if we're not in alignment. You know, we'll want to keep things, you know, very linear, very much the same. I'll be okay. I'll be safe if I can just hold on to this. Yes. And the more we go back into that alignment with natural cycles, we learn, you know, it may not be easy. It may not be comfortable. We know the importance of the breaking down, the letting go, the, the release. Yeah. I mean, even in a simple thing, you know, we're getting a bit closer to autumn now. So the trees are just going to shed all those leaves and they're all going to break down and they're going to become earth, the new growing, and to support the trees and to the little animals to eat and hide in and everything like that. And that couldn't happen if they stayed in, oh, I don't want the trees to lose their leaves. They look so beautiful, you know. And Well, they're still going to look beautiful then. But it's got to happen. And in that sense, and we're back to the menstrual cycle and the moon cycle and everything again, we have to lose our leaves. And as women, uh, certainly when we're menstruating, we do that every month. And we lose our leaves and recreate and come back again. And that cycle of letting go is so important. I mean, we've had it awfully since COVID. Like, oh, we've got to get back to normal. Mm. Go backwards? Really? <laughs> and how do you manage to go backwards in time? Um, you know, H.G. Wells had a go, but, you know, it didn't really work. <laughs> I don't think anybody else has ever got there. And so you're scrubbing out all the new things that have happened. And, I mean, even in little ways, we're doing podcasts like this now. 
And we do it all over the world, both of us, don't we, with people. And before COVID, it was like, oh, you need a whole recording studio to do that. They just need a laptop. It's mm. So it's all this new stuff. If we let go of what ha- had happened and we can open up to new stuff coming in, and it just feels so important. So what message have you got to people to go away with? What would you really like them to take home? Mm, that's a lovely question. So coming back again to that golden thread, what feels what feels really important to me is that whatever we're doing, however we're living, whatever we're doing for work, if it isn't taking us closer to ourselves, closer to love, closer to spirit, ultimately it's going to take us away from that there is very binary it's, if it's not if we don't have that conscious devotion mm. likely what we're going to be doing is going to take us further away from that mm. and of course in our modern culture we've been so trained to live from fear to be grasping to think it's all about trying to keep our own self safe mm. or if we're doing things for others really ultimately it's a way to still you know get something back for ourselves yeah and This might sound very kind of, you know, hippie and idealist, but for me, again, it's the most immensely practical thing I could say to anyone. If your highest ideal, if your greatest value, if your deepest devotion is that coming back to who you really are, coming back to love, coming back to your union with everything, that will guide you. So, yes, absolutely. Use magic in your life, in your business, but not as a way to fuel further separation, to make yourself feel safe when you don't feel safe, to create success because it's the only way you think you're going to feel safe. But all of it to be in service of that deepest truth of who you are. Yeah. I am so with you there. And what you just say really makes my heart sing. And I think if everybody can get back to being you, it will make your heart sing. Mm. So thank you very much, Leanne. It's been great talking with you. Looking forward to talking with you again. And thank you very much, everybody, for listening. And I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. And if you want to find and connect with Leanne, all of her stuff will be in the show notes, how to connect what her website is, all of the social media links, all that will be in the show notes. Please get in touch. She's great. Thank you so much, Helen. This has been delightful. I love what you and what you do. And uh, thank you, everyone who's listened. So bye for now, everybody. See you again soon. Well, hey, I hope you enjoyed that. Hope it pulled out some new ideas and new ways of looking at life, the universe and everything. And I'd love to know your comments, so do send them to me. Doing and being badassery is fun. It makes your heart sing. And that helps everyone. 
and it helps you put the soul back in your life and in your business. Business, when it's really working, is fun, full of badass reality and makes your heart sing. So let's stick all those rubbish old work ideas of toil and drudgery in the compost caddy. Let's recycle them into something fun and useful. That's what badassery is about, having fun and being useful. If you'd like more, get on my website, www.ellensentier.com. Sign up for my newsletters and check out my lives and vlogs. Let's get to know each other. Let's get together, have fun, grow your life and make your heart sing. Let's be real. Come on, let's light our fires.